Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, Hawks fans. Your boy Bryce was back for another episode of Believe in Hawks. We are back again. Coming off a loss. Hawks winning streak snapped in Oklahoma City against Oklahoma City Thunder in a game that there's a lot actually to come out of this game and discuss on this pod today. We're going to obviously talk about the game. We're going to talk about Trey Young. That was a big topic of discussion on Hawks Twitter about Trey Young and what's going on with him. I'll give my take on his situation right now, why I'm not at all worried about Trey Young, even though I understand other people are concerned or just fed up with the fact that he hasn't produced more than he has so far this season. Also talking about A.J. Griffin with Garrison Mack, who's playing in the last two games, giving my thoughts on that situation as well. And then look ahead later into the week as the Hawks have a couple of games to end this week uh, coming up before they go into play-in action next week. So, uh, not play-in action, in-season tournament action. <laughs> Sorry. In-season tournament action next week. So, we're going to talk about all that today on Believe in Hawks. Before we get into that, guys, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Pricey underscore 2K, B-R-I-C-E-Y underscore 2K. I'll check out my Hawks and Falcons takes there. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe, like the video. Please show your boys some love. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Let me be part of your day. Also, if you're listening to me through Apple, Spotify, any of that, leave a review on the podcast, leave a comment. You know, I'd love, love any bit of support you guys can give me in this show as we continue to grow this podcast. Ten episodes in trying to get this to be the number one Hawks podcast in the community. So, you know, we're just going to keep grinding, keep putting in work. I'm going to keep bringing you guys content for all that support. So that's how we're going to do things, man. But we want to dive, dive right into it, man. So, like I said, Hawks lost tonight to the Oklahoma City Thunder in a game where it, it felt like... um the Hawks, I felt like, especially in the first half, they were never out of the game. They just didn't shoot well. And it's 82-game season. You have those games where you just don't shoot well. And I think this was this was one of those games. I think this was one of those games where the Hawks just didn't shoot well in general. Um, you know, and for the most part, I mean, even the first half, I said they didn't, I didn't feel like they played a bad defense. But overall, the, on the night, Hawks shot 37%. Probably not going to win a game shooting below 40%. 30, 30, 33% for three, which they actually made the same amount of threes as Oklahoma City, even though Oklahoma City was hot early. Uh, you know, free throws, 84%, 15 turnovers tonight. Again, it's funny, they're small. People tend to the team being small, but the Hawks won the rebounding battle 59 to 49 with 25 offensive rebounds. But the one thing that also came from that is the Oklahoma City had seven blocks. I mean, that shows you that, you know, even with the offensive rebounds, the Hawks were not able to make shots tonight, and, the, and Oklahoma City was still able to make good defensive plays to keep those buckets from going in, and that contributed to why the Hawks could really never keep up and catch up in this game to Oklahoma City and why they were able to take this game here at, and break the streak for the Hawks. So, you know, overall in this game, you know, you know like I said, a lot of guys didn't really play that well um, in this game. I think a lot of guys struggled, you know, overall. I mean, Trey, obviously, I'm going to talk about him. Uh, Jalen Johnson probably had his first. Well, it's funny when you look at stat line. He had 13, 12, and five. It's not bad, but six and fifteen is not terrible. But oh, four from three. Uh, it wasn't one of his best games. He had three steals. I mean, it, it was like it's, it's. I'm saying that wasn't one of his best games, but in the grand scheme of things, Jalen Johnson didn't play bad. If that makes sense. You know, DeAndre Hunter was off tonight. I'm wondering with the finger issue. That's not something that just heals in a couple of days. If that's going to affect his shot, 
for the time being. Um, you know, because like I said, he didn't shoot well tonight. Shot a lot of threes tonight. He was very aggressive trying to shoot threes tonight. Clearly, Quinn Snyder wanted to get an emphasis on putting up threes in this game. And I think guys were doing it, but they just didn't have it tonight. He only had eight. DeJounte came alive in that second half. Again, DeJounte in second halves has played very well for the Hawks. He seems to get better as the game goes on, as I've mentioned before. And tonight was another example of that, finishing with 29 points. Six and nine from three, probably his best three-point shooting game he's had so far this season. Seven of 16 from the field, nine of 10 from the free throw line. I mean, he really did everything he could to make this game respectable and get the Hawks back within five, six points at the end of the, at, when we're getting towards the end of the fourth quarter, just to make it a game and to give hope that maybe this team could get over the hump, but ultimately they couldn't and beat Oklahoma City. Clint Capella, I mean, was just an average okay night for Clint, six and twelve. I mean, nothing crazy. He didn't really do anything out of the ordinary. Bogey had seventeen off the bench. Bay had fifteen off the bench. He had thirty-two between two bench guys, and then Akangu had seven. Not his best offensive game. Now he had fourteen boards tonight, so he was good on the boards, but just wasn't great shooting wise. Like I said, only had seven. But overall, you got about thirty-nine points from your bench tonight. That's pretty decent, uh, pretty good for for a bench unit. So, and everything like that. So, I mean, you, you pretty much, you know just didn't have one of those nights where you just weren't shooting well if you're the Hawks and you know it happens. and you just gotta you gotta you gotta bounce back from that you gotta rebound from that you just gotta you know be like all right we didn't have a good night tonight we'll, we'll bounce back you know they got games coming up and like I said you're gonna have these nights in a long 82 game season it's not something that's gonna be you know not gonna happen I mean every team has these nights so and this was just the Hawks night for them to have a bad shooting night like I said, for the most part in this game, even with the bad shooting night, they still had a chance to win. And they still had a chance to be in the game. They just could not get over the hump in that game. And there's been times where it's like, you know, if you watch the Hawks this season, there's games where it's like, oh, they're right there. They can just go over the hump and they can't. But they've also, during this last four-game winning streak, has also been able to make big plays and get over the hump, which has led to them. They've made three double-digit comebacks in their four-game winning streak. So one thing the Hawks need to improve moving forward is just starting slow because obviously you don't want to continue to be in games where you always have to come back. You always have to make this dramatic comeback. It's exciting when you watch it as a fan, but at the same time, when you lose, it's like, you know, we're in this situation way too many times. We need to probably try to fix this, clean this up, and just try to maybe start games a little bit faster. Like I said, the only game they really started fast in was the Milwaukee game and the Charlotte game. Both of those games ended two different ways. Charlotte was an L. Milwaukee was a win. So if we can get more fast starts from this team, that probably be ideal for them. And then just continue to build off of that moving forward and trying to grow from that. So that's the biggest thing to take away from this game. I'm not really mad about this game at all. I mean, you're 4-3 and three right now. You're still sitting in good position still early in the season. Just, you just keep battling, keep fighting, you know what I'm saying, get ready for the next game on Thursday. But I'm going to talk about Trey Young now. And he's a guy who a lot of people are concerned with. A lot of people are asking the question, what's wrong with Trey? People are asking the question, is it time to have that conversation about Trey Young? And and that's because, you know, people just feel like the Trey Young that we have seen, the 30-point-a-game guy, has not showed up this year. And people are wondering what's wrong, what's the issue, is he not him anymore, what, what's going on? Because he's, he's shot very inefficiently from three and from two. He's shooting 20% from 20-something percent from three and 30-something percent from, from, from two. Overall, he's just not having a great season from a shooting perspective. And so I want to talk about him for a minute and just talk about what I'm seeing 
and you guys can chime in about what you're seeing. Because it's, it's easy to sit here and look at him and just be like, well, he's not playing well offensively. And that's what he's known for is his offense. So it feels like a trade's not giving you 30. It's like, wow, he's been completely bad. And I've mentioned this before. If you listen to the last few of my podcasts uh, about Trey, when I've mentioned him in, in reviews about Trey Young has done a really good job this year of doing other things, putting more effort in defense, trying to be disruptive. He's still getting about 10 assists a game still getting his teammates involved, you know, doing all the little things to try to win. And I think that's something that it's easily overlooked by a lot of people because, again, Trey isn't – was not known for that. Plus, like I said, a lot of people who watch the game just overlook those things. They just look at it as part of basketball. It's not a significant thing unless you really do know the game. And I've said, and I said this on my Twitter. I said, Trey Young has had probably to make the biggest adjustment out of everyone on this team this year to the way that they're playing. Quinn has mentioned it before that things that both DeJounte and Trey had to make some decisions about the way they play that are uncomfortable. He, he admitted that the way we're playing is not maybe conducive to how they've played in the past. Now, if you look at the way they both played, it seems like DeJounte has gotten better and Trey has gotten and has not played as well. But I think he is the one, Trey Young, to make the biggest adjustment to the way they play basketball now. And the reason why I say that is because you got to think about it. For the last, basically his entire career, since he came into the league, Trey Young basically has had been told by the Hawks, like, you are the engine of this, of this team. We need this from you for us to have a chance. Even during the Eastern Conference final year. I mean, Trey still had to give us basically 30 and 10 for us to have a chance. And that's what stars do. They give you what you need to have a chance. This is the first year that he doesn't have to do that. Like, And what I mean by that is that, yes, you still need Trey to give you those big games. But you don't need it from him every game. The best thing for Trey right now is to give you efficient games. Remember, with his te- with his terrible shooting efficiency numbers, he's still basically averaging twenty and ten a game. Like people, like think about that. We're making it seem like he's just been horrid this year, but that just shows you what, how we look at Trey. That twenty and ten for him is looked at as really, really bad. Because we're, we're so used to getting more out of him and, and getting better offense out of him. When I've observed his play, I feel like you can see on his floaters, it always seems like he's a little short. You know, it, it, it's almost like he's, I don't know if he's not getting the same lift. I don't know if he's second guessing the shot. It, it, I, 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 it doesn't seem like the shot, even on the threes, it, it feels like his threes aren't never in rhythm. It just never feels – he's more in rhythm, I feel like, when he's in a catch-and-shoot situation more this year than when he's trying to just create a shot because it feels forced, and it just feels like he's not shooting it the way it needs to be shot. Especially with Dan Quinn Snyder wanting more three shot by this team, including him, I think there's that struggle there. But I think the one thing that he was really good at these previous seasons was the floater – 
And that's been something that hasn't been hitting this year. And I think that's impacting his numbers. And people are like, well, why can't he make a floater anymore? I, I said that Trey, I can tell when he plays, he thinks a lot. And I think that's what's leading to the turnovers. Like tonight, he had seven turnovers, which is not good. But I think I I get like his turnovers. I feel like this is the first time. Like when Trey passes a lot, guys, like think about when you've watched Trey Young the last few seasons. He seems to just make those plays. He's like Houdini, just makes a play. When I see him operate sometimes, it comes off as that he's really thinking when he drives, especially when he drives. It's like, do I commit to shooting? Or do I pass? And then it feels like literally at the last second, he's always making a pass. But then the problem is, is that those passes are a very high difficulty level. And there's a higher chance for it to be turned over and to be intercepted by the opposing team. And tonight, with a, with a lengthy athletic team tonight, you saw that come to fruition where it turned into more turnovers. You know, and I feel like Trey... Because I think teams collapse on him when he drives into the paint. Because obviously, you know, you drive and then you kick out. But it feels like some of his kickouts don't even look clean. It's like he's really having to make a split decision midair or whatever position he's in when he's driving into the paint and then having to kick it out. And I think that's what makes the turnovers happen. I think you can see when he drives in the paint and he's not making that decision quickly. Teams can sometimes strip the ball from him, get a turnover. And I think that's something that just comes from him trying to learn this offense. Because Quinn has been very straightforward. He said, I either want you to shoot, pass, or drive to the rim and lay it. And, and I think that's and, – and Trey Young's decision-making is such a big part of that because he's the point guard. And I think right now he's just struggling with, with – that specifically, you know, because people, because I think, think about, it, we never really talked about his efficiency numbers because we won the last four games. But because we lost tonight and he had a bad game, we're talking about it. Because when you win, you come, that stuff isn't talked about. When you lose, okay, well, everybody's looking for reasons why you lost the game. Well, Trey Young didn't have a good game tonight, so he cost us this game. So, the thing with Trey is I think he's thinking a lot because he's having to adjust his game. He's, 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 he's having not to be that guy who has to do everything for the team to have a chance because you have your running mate in DeJounte Murray. It's taken, it seems like he's taken another step this season for him. you got your guys, Bokey still playing well, Bay playing well, Jalen Johnson emerging. You know, you got – those guys playing well, Yaka Kangu. So Trey don't have to. But now the, the challenge that Quinn Snyder has for Trey is can you still be just as impactful on a game without scoring 35? Because listen, there's going to be some nights that Trey needs to score 35. That just depends on the game. It's a game by game basis. It's not the same every night. But can you impact the game by maybe just giving us 25 and 10, 24, 23 points? Because like I said, assist numbers-wise, he's still giving you 10 assists basically a game. So he's still 
making plays for teammates. It's just his personal scoring is what's been the issue, and that's what the struggle has been. So that question comes down to what is the issue there? What is the issue with his shot? And I just think Trey is just gonna is just trying to get comfortable and trying to figure himself out. Like, because I, I felt like in the beginning of the game too, he was he was aggressive driving the ball against Oklahoma City, but I also felt like he did a lot of passing. Like he wasn't driving. To score, he was driving to pass. And so, but at the same time, you could tell he was thinking while making those decisions, which led to turnovers. And so I think for him is that if once he, I feel like honestly, Trey's one of those guys, once he has that big game, it'll help him play more freely within the offense and just within the entire system as a whole. Because you can tell DeJounte kind of – it's like DeJounte, the way he's playing, is he's kind of just kind of playing, flowing through the game. Then if the team needs it, he'll kind of like, all right, be a little bit more aggressive, be a little bit more. And he's making shots doing it. So he's playing well and being able to do it when needed. Trey has been struggling to just get himself going. Luckily, he can kick fouls. He can he shoots you know, a bunch of free throws a game, which helps him get to those numbers too. But – Overall, I think that Trey just – he needs to keep working at it. I think when he has his big game, I think he will he'll, – he'll, 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 he'll be okay. I, I, I said, I trust his process. Like, it, it really might take Trey 15, 20 games for him to get himself where we want him to be. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think this team is good enough to still be fine without him being Superman Trey the tray of 30 and 10 days. You know, I think this team is good enough because Quinn Snyder has developed a system that allows everyone to try to flourish within the system. So that's how you're able to have Jalen have 20. Bay could have 15, 20. Bogey could have 20. DeAndre, if he has, could have 20. Deshante could have 20, 30. You know, Okongu could have 15, 17. So if you're getting those contributions from other guys, does Trey really need to score 30, 40 points? Does it? Now, obviously, when you have a night like tonight, where against Oklahoma City, nobody really can make a shot. Everybody was kind of struggling tonight, you know, outside of DeJounte, realistically, especially in the second half. You know, it's like, okay, we kind of wish, you know, yeah, Trey, you're the star here. You're, you're the face of the franchise. We, we need you to, like, you know, take us, get us there. Can you get us there? But, you know, it's still early in the season, guys. It's only seven games in. There is so I, – I feel like we overreact because we are such a reactionary society. The last thing we see is our last opinion of said person. So if Trey Young didn't have a good game, we're questioning if he's a good player. Trey Young has an elite game. We're thinking he's the best point guard in the NBA. It's, it's literally how we are as people. It takes, it, takes a, it takes someone to really sit there and be like, all right, let me really dive into this and be like, all right, is Trey really regressing? Is is it something else? Is he just not used to what he's doing? Is there something changing? Because like I said, you can listen to some of Quinn Snyder's science uh, comments, man. He's made mention about him and DeJounte having to make sacrifices and changing the way they play a little bit for the team. And Trey, you can see it's impacting him in the shot. Trey just needs to get more confident when he shoots 
and just get better shots for himself. You know, and I think that's something that I'm sure him and Quinn will talk about uh, and continue to work through. I don't, I mean, I think Trey definitely believes in Quinn and Quinn believes in Trey. You can see it on in, the, in their relationship. You can see it on the sidelines. You can see it in their communication. So it's not really something I'm sitting here overly concerned about, to be honest with you. I think Trey Young will be fine in the grand scheme of things. I just think it's a matter of them just getting on the same page and then Trey just having that breakthrough game for himself to then really take himself to that next level. So I think Trey Young will ultimately be fine when it's all said and done. It may just take him a few games. It may take him the first quarter of the season. And I know for some people, they don't want to hear that, but that's just sometimes how it is. So I'm not particularly worried about Trey. Obviously, yes, you want him to play better. I mean, I want him to play better too. So I'm not at all making it seem like I'm okay with him not playing well. But I also understand what's going on with him right now and understand the situation. And so I'm not going to overreact to what's going on and then just immediately start saying, oh, maybe he's not that good. Trey Young showed everybody for the last five years, if you've been a fan of this team, what he can do. You remember Boston from last year. You remember the playoffs of East Coast Finals. You remember some of the big 40, 50-point games. You don't just stop being able to do that. You don't. He's still got that in him. And he'll show y'all. Trust. But now transitioning into the last topic before I let y'all guys go. So Garrison Matthews has played the last two games over A.J. Griffin in the rotation, and that has caused a lot of concern from the Hawks fan base, asking questions like, okay, what's going on? Is is Quinn not, like, you know, sold on A.J.? Is he down on A.J.? What What's going on here? And, and I have I have a bit of a theory for that. I have a bit of a a perspective on on that about what's going on. So overall, the Hawks pretty much run an eight-man rotation from what we've seen this season. And the ninth guy gets very spotty minutes, which has been AJ in the last two games of been Garrison. And people have been talking about it on Twitter. Why is AJ not getting more minutes? Someone can give up minutes for AJ to play, blah, 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 right? I think one thing a lot of people know is the Hawks probably have one of the best eight-man rotations in the league, right? I think that's pretty solidified. They do. And Quinn knows that. And I think Quinn even said it last year when he, when he came on to the team that he wasn't going to do a 10-man rotation. He said, at best, I'll do nine. But I think after evaluating this team, if you look at the roster, AJ's kind of a two or three. Garrison Matthews is kind of a two or three. They both kind of play same position almost a little bit. Both kind of – AJ probably has a more of a, a better overall player than Garrison Matthews. Um, but they're both shooters. And I think to me – what, what Quinn is doing with that knife person, that knife spot, is he he's experimenting with it. He did it last year when he played Garrison, he played Vic, and then he played, he played different guys at that night at that at that last like when in that situation last year was the tenth that tenth spot. And I think that if you think about it, people are talking about, you know, cut minutes for AJ. Well, who are you gonna cut minutes from? Well, DeJounte can 
You why are you cutting why are you cutting your second best player's minutes? That doesn't make sense. He's not 35. <laughs> He's in the prime of his career. You're not cutting his minutes. That makes no sense as a coach. I'm going to cut my best player's minutes. So that's not going to happen. So Hunter's your starter. He's going to get starter minutes, which is 30 minutes. So then you go to the bench. Well, Bogey's your sixth man, so you're not cutting his minutes. So the last person you can cut is Bay, but I think everybody agrees that Bay fits really well with this Quinn Snyder system and the way they want to play. And he's also basically the backup for the Jalen Johnson. So it's like, again, whose minutes are you cutting? You kind of can't cut anyone's minutes, realistically. Like, like what's probably going to have to happen for AJ? And I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, is, but simply it's just someone will have to get hurt. And then that's – and if, especially if it's like a guard – probably a guard or maybe even a wing, and then he'll see more time. And I know that sucks because of what we saw last year, the expectations we have for AJ and thinking, you know, AJ has so much potential, and he does. He is, he's a very talented player. He's had his struggles, but, you know, he's barely played more than 10 minutes in a game this year, so we don't really know if he's really made improvement to his game or not. Even I've seen him come in, he comes in, hit a couple of threes, and then you really won't see him after that. Because Quinn wants to do an eight-man rotation. And then that knife man is just there for emergencies, injuries, foul trouble, you know, just to give someone maybe an extra bit of a blow. That that's about it. That that's what he what, what the knife spot is there, and that's what AJ is right now. Because there really is no minutes to give him. And I think right now with that knife spot, he's just, like I said, he's just experimenting. He's like. Listen, uh, Brad Rowland talked about it. He said, honestly, I, I thought, you know, if Wesley Matthews was healthy, they might be playing Wesley Matthews instead of, of, of Garrison. Because, like I said, he's not going to 10 guys. So there's only one spot left where a few players can vie for that ninth spot. And so he's just giving everybody an opportunity to kind of vie for that spot. I think we'll see AJ back in there. I don't. I mean, Garrison Matthews hasn't done anything these last couple of games to ensure that he will stay in this rotation. I don't even think he's made a shot yet. So I could be wrong, but I think realistically, you'll you'll probably have AJ get back in there. I just think he's experimenting with that spot. That knife spot is not just set in stone. Uh, whoever that is. And like I said, I know that's tough for a lot of people because they, like I said, they really like AJ. Uh, and a lot of people really want AJ to thrive. And then people are thinking, oh, well, is AJ about to get traded? And, you know, everybody's going to start having the rambling speculations. But I, I think I'm telling you straight up what I think is going on with this team. And I just think that ninth spot is not a spot that's going to play a lot of minutes. And that's where AJ is right now. And sometimes when he wants to experiment, AJ won't play. But again, we're only seven games into the season, guys. We'll see what happens. Playoff time, Quinn might go to just a strict eight-man rotation. A lot of teams go to an eight-man rotation in the playoffs. The rotation you've been seeing is pretty much who you're going to see in the postseason. It's not like AJ going to start playing 20 minutes in the postseason all of a sudden. The best thing for him to figure out right now is if we have issues or someone has foul trouble or someone needs to address, who can I trust to bring in as that next guy after the first eight? And he's just giving people an opportunity to show that they are worthy of getting minutes. Honestly, that's what good coaches do. 
You have guys who work hard. That's what I always say. Stay prepared and practice. Stay ready because you never know when your number is called. And then if you play well, shoot, coach might give you minutes after that. I mean, it's not really politics to me because I'm like, I'm like, again, who, who are you cutting minutes? You're not cutting Jantes. You're not cutting DeAndre's. You're not cutting Days. You're not cutting Jalen Johnson's. Who are you cutting? You ain't cutting nobody. And, and DeJounte's played well the last, like, four or five games. So it's like, it really, there's no justification cutting his minutes. So who are you cutting? They had another good game tonight. Who you, I mean, DeAndre? I mean, you're not going to cut DeAndre's minutes. I mean, I know people are different about DeAndre, but you're not cutting his minutes. It's one of our best two-way guys. So I, I think, you know, I, I best thing I can tell everybody to do is don't panic. Calm down. Everything will be all right. No reason to worry about AJ. We'll let the season play out. You know me. I'm I'm just letting the season play out, man. And you know if we if we're at game 25 and AJ ain't back in the rotation, then yeah, we'll have a discussion. Okay, maybe yeah, he may be out this. He may be on the trade block. He may not be may have a favorite. But until we get to that point, there's no reason to to overreact. There's no reason to to go crazy. I know we want him to have a bigger impact in the game than he has, but. There's no reason to go crazy, guys. Everything's going to be okay. Just trust me on that. Let's just see how this season goes, man. Like I said, they got a team that get ready to bounce back, man, play Orlando on Thursday and try to win that game. And then I think they play the Heat Saturday. So, you know, they got to get ready to, 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 you know, gear it back up again. Get ready to play some basketball. So that's, that's the way I look at it. And then they played Pistons and we'll play in next week. So we're going to see what happens, guys. But um, very discussion to believe in the Hawks podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Guys, if you have any thoughts, definitely leave it down in the comments. Like I said, if you're listening on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the video, listen to audio, rate the podcast. Appreciate all the support and love that you guys give to me to let me do this every day and provide you Hawks content and everything under the sun. So that's all I got for you guys. It's your boy, Bryce Lewis. This is Believe in Hawks. See you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.